0: Welcome back welcome back to the dad bod brigade podcast my name is dylan and we have a very special episode tonight for you guys we have the founding fathers all together for the first time since we've started the podcast so we've got chris on from episode one chris
1: hey everybody
0: welcome back welcome back and then we have for the very first time our third member and Founding Father, Mr. Coston, in the studio with us here tonight. Costin.
2: How's it going? Good to be here.
0: Welcome, man. It's good to have you guys here. So, um, we will quickly go into where we've been, what has uh, happened, and why we have been MIA on our hiatus for like the last month or so. Um, so, I was involved in an incident and I can't go into like a lot of details just because of, you know, legal stuff going on right now, but about the middle of June, um, right after our second episode came out, I was involved in a gun accident. I was shot, um, by another person. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because we started this podcast and it was a lot about, at least from my end, like preparedness, shooting, medical, being ready for these kind of events and then go, you know, lo and behold, it happened to me on a Thursday night. Um, so I was shot with the pistol from about four to five foot range, um, went in my, uh, right arm out of that same arm and into my chest, broke a rib going into my chest, uh, went through my diaphragm, went through my liver and landed on top of my aorta artery. Um, and so I'm just about at this point, almost eight weeks post incident, um, starting to recover. My my diaphragm is recovered, so my voice is back to normal, which is is part of the reason why I haven't been able to record anything. Um, but it was uh, definitely something we weren't expecting, but it's also something that we preach as being prepared for. And I couldn't have picked a worse time for it to happen, but because I was prepared, and I've you know been through army training, medical training, and the guy whose house we were at had also been through that. And I think it saved my life um, because we weren't sure how uh, how I was going to make it out at first. So we got tourniquets on the arm. We got chest seals on the chest, got the EMS in there within about 15 minutes. And since we live out in the country, it was about a 45 minute ride to the uh, the trauma center. Um, so I think truly and honestly, I think being prepared, having that tr- that medical training, having those medical products around and available and easily accessible, um, absolutely saved my life. Um, and I know we, Chris, I know you and I talked about this in, in the first episode about just, you never know when you're, even if like I was telling my wife the other day, like we could be moving a mirror in the house and it shatter and a shard could go into your stinking forearm and you might need a tourniquet. But we also mm-hmm. talked like if I had been at anybody else's house, nobody has tourniquets and trauma kits lying around except for me and this other army veteran that I know. Um, so it could have been much, much worse given the circumstances. Um, so I spent about 23 days in the hospital, lost about 30 pounds in muscle.
2: Hey man, when, when life gives you lemons, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Starting to work, I've been going to physical therapy now for a few weeks, twice a week. They've been giving me some good range of motion exercises and, and everything else. Right now, I'm just trying to get strength back in the core, strength back in my back. Um, because standing is still kind of hard a lot of times. So, But I got these guys here to help me. I got Costin, our freaking tank over here, who's going to help me work out <laughs> if he uh, comes back to the, the garage gym. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, so... That's where I've been. That's where we've been. That's why we haven't been recording and producing episodes for the last couple of weeks. It sucks because we kind of just got off the ground and then this happened. So we probably lost any amount of followers we originally gained. But <laughs> hopefully we get them back. By now, we're we're kind of going back full throttle with it.
2: Dude, it's still freaking. But now there's a cool story. About.
0: Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is a decent story, I guess. I don't know. What you say, Kostin?
2: It still sounds heavy, even though we need to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Like having been through the moment, like listening from the outside in and hearing the news like eight weeks later.
0: It's still rough. Yeah. It, the, I, so it was weird, too, because our son, we, re, we originally didn't tell him. And I didn't know I was going to be in the hospital that long. So I just told my wife, I was like, you know, I don't want him coming up here and seeing me like this. I will tell him when I get home. And then I spent weeks and weeks and weeks in the hospital and I was like, okay, well the kid needs to know. So we had him come up after, after camp one day and I told him like face to face, kind of like man to man. It was like the most like man to man conversation him and I have really had. And I told him, I was like, look, man, this is what happened because I've already started training. Like We got him a BB gun. I started teaching him like marksmanship and firearm safety and like maneuvering and, and and all that kind of stuff. So he was aware and he knows I was in the army. So he knows that like that shit is serious, right? right. Like we don't, right. we don't play around with that. Even his little Nerf guns. Like I get on him about, you know, pointing them at people or pretending to shoot people. Yeah. Um. So he, he understood the the seriousness of it when I, when I told him about it and I said, look, man, like, if you have questions, if, if you're scared, if you want to know anything, like just ask man. And he had some really good questions. Like for a seven year old, I was shocked at like these naturally like intuitive questions that he asked about it. He was like, well, like how far away were you? And I was like, that's, that's a pretty good question. Like I was pretty close. And he was like, what, uh, like, you know, what did it feel like? Or like what, you know? And I was just like, man, like, so, I mean, it was interesting because my wife had told me that he wasn't quite himself mm. until him and I talked.
2: Do you think you realized that he almost lost you?
0: I don't know. We've talked about that too. Yeah. I, I Cause I try to have like these like kind of deep conversations with him in the car. And I use the time to and from school
2: right. because it's
0: just him and I, and I can talk to him. And so I try and get a little deep with him every now and then. And I, I, we talked about that and I said that in the hospital room that day when I told him right. and I lost it, I hadn't had any like emotions, to that point at all. And then when I tried to tell him that I was like, dude, I mean, it was, I, I just couldn't control it. It was insane. Oh, I bet. Um, so I think, I think he, I think he flipped back to normal after we had that conversation in the hospital. And, yeah. and in, I think since then he's been, I don't want to say much better <laughs> as far <laughs> as his like, you know, seven year old personality and, and behavior, but he has been far more like, attentive to like if i need something or if i'm asking him to do something he he gives me less shit and he goes and does it and i think at first he knew he was like helping me and now i think he like is truly kind of in that mindset to like you know he cares more
2: i mean it shows you how quickly life can end right yeah i mean for for everyone new here or me being new here we live or i live three minutes away from here and i don't see dylan as uh often as we should yeah and then this happens and you realize crap like we yeah we've got to make the best of the time we have
0: when you were out of the country too when it happened which was wild
2: yeah Yeah, so i got a text from your wife saying that you got shot and chris and i joke about it because we thought it was a fake at first (laughs) you know out of out of the blue it's not like that your wife texts me all the time i get a text like every half year and all of a sudden it says Dylan got shot. He's okay. I was like, "Shot the F up. Like what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we were, we were driving to the lake and I don't have Casey's number saved in my phone. So I just get this random number. that says, Hey, it's Casey. Dylan was shot. I'm ready to keep reading it and say, you know, donate $5,000 to this GoFundMe out of <laughs> the right. blue. Yeah. And, and I, so I look over at my wife. I was like, whose number is this? She's like, <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's Casey. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I've been so it, it <laughs> hit really close to home, man. It was, uh, we're grateful, you know, you're here and you're doing much better and you know, it's good to see you back on your feet and you know, yeah, back man, in front of everybody.
0: I appreciate it, dude. It's, it's been kind of like slow to get back to normal and it's, it's like I'm trying to do everything I can to get back to normal, but at the same time, like it's, it's a long freaking road and, we, we keep talking, too, because we don't know what complications I might have later on down the road. Like, I could have liver problems from this massive injury I, I had.
2: Your liver problems don't come from this Yeah, maybe not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. I can't drink anymore, at least for a while. I don't know when, but.
2: Oh, uh, did the doc say? Yeah,
0: they, it was such damage to the liver. They were like, I mean, the last thing you want to do is drink.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, who knows?
2: Kind of turn you into a healthy person now.
0: Right. I guess I'd, like I said, I was choking with cost. And before we started, I was like, well, since you've known me and we've been working out and trying to get in shape together, (laughs) the hardest part I've had is losing weight or losing the weight that I gained from the army. And now it's like, well, shit, I've got that weight off now. I should just, I I should be fine now. Right. I
2: should just go get jacked. Right. I told you when life serves your (laughs) lemons, make lemonade, like use it.
0: So I don't know, maybe it'll happen. But (laughs) it'll be slow. I mean, these resistance bands aren't very heavy. So if I'm if I'm going to get jacked, I need to start lifting heavier weights after this PT clears me.
2: (laughs) You need to know that Dylan is one that if he wants to work out, he wants to do like 50 sprints outside, sprint up the hill, carry 55 pounds and do stuff.
0: Yeah, I come up with the most diabolical workouts and I hate them. I don't know why I do it to myself. punishment it's torture and i if i'm by myself i don't come up with those workouts but if i'm like with chris or Costin, i'm like all right what are we doing today i'll come up with something evil and it's like what is wrong with you Uh
2: so you just hate us (laughs) yeah maybe that's that's it i don't know
0: (laughs) trying to show off (laughs) um well yeah so that's um that's kind of like the first thing we wanted to go over and uh and kind of get out there um but, yeah, you'll see a lot more content on our on our Instagram. We've kind of stepped back into that. Um, related to that, related to medical training, related to everything else that we've been kind of talking about, fatherhood, raising strong kids. Um, we've gotten a lot of followers lately, too. So if this is your first time listening, thanks. Hope you guys like us on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you guys listen to podcasts at. Follow us. Click the little bell, whatever all those little things are. I'm terrible at that. Um, but, yeah, so – We've got the founding fathers here tonight and I want Chris to kind of introduce Costin. You could probably tell he's got some kind of weird accent or something like that going on. Um but Chris, give us give us the rundown on this guy over here.
2: I've been here for like 16 <laughs> years and still can't hide
1: that shit. Yeah, Costin and I go way back. We uh we started working together Uh, back in like 2012, 2013, we lived in Ohio together. Um, He had just had his first son and we were working together in toys and sporting goods and fitness equipment. And, you know, he and I just hit it off. And, uh, you know, since then uh, we, we brought him up to Raleigh, worked together again there. And, you know, that's where we all just kind of came together as the dad bod brigade and just built a really strong bond uh an amazing guy raised has been raising a great family uh all of our families have really become really close over the last you know six years since we all lived in raleigh together uh but Kostin, you want to give a a little bit of background into who you are and what you do
2: absolutely thank you um hi everybody my name is Kostin and um yeah the accent leads to i'm not from here i'm born and raised in Germany. In the northern part in Hamburg, lived there for 26 years of my life, and then got a scholarship in the U.S., moved here in 2009 just for college, and then met my beautiful wife in college. And, you know, how it is, right? Once the women get a hold of you, they don't let you go. And indeed, she didn't let me go back to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a joke there, I guess. <laughs> Uh so yeah, been, been here in the US, went to college, and then um, you know, I was from Germany, so I, I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to um do really anything, so i had to get visas and stuff, and all of a sudden.
0: But hang on, let's back up. So in Germany, we yeah. gotta give some background into like why you're a cool member of the Dad Bob Brigade. Like what's oh. your background? You were in Germany, you did some crazy athletic team and you know stuff, right?
2: Like right,
0: let's right, hear right.
2: that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, so Northern Germany is flat as can be. So my, my first career was, so to say in, in track and field, I was a decathlete. So it's like 10 track and field events, um, was, uh, decently successful in Germany. Um, was in the top 10 and did some international meets, uh, and things like this. And that was ultimately the, the, um, starting block, so to say, for me to get a scholarship in the U.S. I wanted to study abroad. Um, and then, this two years or one year prior to me going to the U.S., I actually got scouted by a bobsledding team. They saw me and they're saying, hey, you're pretty heavy, but you're pretty fast still, too. <laughs> <laughs> have, <laughs> have you ever tried bobsledding? And I was like, that was in the middle of a competition. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Leave me alone. <laughs> you're you're, you're <laughs> huge and fast. This is an anomaly. <laughs> I know. You should be in this tiny box going down this ice canal. <laughs> Um, But yeah, they they scouted me, they invited me in the summer um, to try out, and uh, it was me and one coach, and you have like a, it's like a train tracks and small, and you have like a dummy sled that you push, and then they take your times. And I did it once, and then that guy made some phone calls, and another guy showed up, and he was like, do it again. And I pushed again, and they made a phone call, put another guy in there, and I pushed a few times, and all of a sudden I was on a team, I Practice with the team for the winner. Had my first uh, run down the canal um, that year and uh, German championships. Qualified for Europe, European championships, and um, yeah, it was I was on Germany four. So the first three make it to World Cup races, and the like four, five, and six go to European Cup races and things like that.
0: So is that like Olympic level bobsledding, or is that different?
2: Um, the way that we get measures so I was a brakesman that means I was re- responsible for pushing the sled mm-hmm. there's one driver one pusher and the two men and one driver and you know three brakesmen um in the uh in the in the man team mm-hmm. and we as brakesmen we have like there's initial tryouts where you compete as a, as a solo push a sled and there's like you know again measure your time and I was um fast enough to make it into the into Germany, two and three, for example, and the after the season, the 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 pilots asked me if I wanted to join the team, but at that point I've already accepted a scholarship in the U.S. for for track. Oh, so, okay. That's when I went to the U.S. and when I came back, you know, I, you know, I didn't didn't pick up where I was. Well, as a matter of fact, I never got back because I stayed here.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the That's what I wanted to hear because I wasn't sure in us knowing each other, if you were, like, Olympic level? Because I remember one time you said we were we were watching the Winter Olympics together, and you said, oh, yeah, yeah I know I know all of those guys on the German bobsled team. Yes.
2: Yeah, so as a matter of fact, I was faster than two of the guys when I was there. Yeah. Now, obviously, they progressed and they've gotten better, but they were on my team. Um, there was another guy who was a decathlete. He was too tall, actually. He couldn't fit in the sled as good as I did, and I was heavier than him, but it was just as fast. But isn't heavy good, though? Like, you he- want... Heavy is good. Yeah. You want to have as much weight outside the sled, have a light – so the whole sled plus team has a maximum weight it can be because obviously the heavier, faster it goes down the hill. So if you have – you want to get the sled as light as possible and then have as much weight in the brakesman and the team to push a very light sled and then jump in. Right. So heavy was good. Yeah.
0: I just think about cool runnings and I, I, I just, it
2: had, to, it had to come up. It's not a single time I talked to an American person uh, that
0: doesn't bring up cool Jamaica. Running. We are a bobsled right. team. Oh, I have Feel to, the <laughs> the I had to, I had to, all right, sorry. I interrupted the, the spiel, man. So, uh, you were coming to the U S you went to, you got a scholarship for track and field. Yes. And you still are doing decathlon only, or do you like do other stuff?
2: No, no, decathlon only. Okay. Um, many people ask if I wanted to play football.
0: I mean, yeah, you're like a freaking linebacker, dude. That doesn't know anything about football. Yeah, that's true. I
2: mean, I would get crushed here because <laughs> I'm expecting a round ball, not this egg flying <laughs> towards me. No, football is just not a thing. So I, I did uh, track here. Um, loved it completely different, um, experience than, you know, trek and field in college in Germany. C- school was easy, uh, but college was just a wild experience.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't speak English when you came to school or maybe not a lot.
2: About the level that when you guys learn like a Spanish and, and maybe a little bit more. Okay. So I learned, I started learning English in fifth grade. It, it was, it was rough and you have to take like what's called a TOEFL Test, test of English as a foreign language to qualify to get a scholarship. So I had to have some sort of base level English, but I couldn't hold a conversation at any means. That's wild.
0: Yeah. We have a very, very, very funny story about that, that you have to share maybe on a different episode <laughs> that we were just talking about. A
2: different time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very much with like communication barrier and idiosyncrasies or whatever the term is for languages.
2: Th- there was one funny story different to this one. I digress. Um, so in Germany, the dates go um, day, month, and year. And so I was born on June 14th. And so my, my ID says uh, 1406. And we went to Walmart in college, and I wanted to get some some beer. And the lady at the checkout asked me if she could see my ID. I was like, sure, absolutely. So I gave her my German one. You know, I, was being a, I was being a prick, too. Because the lady at Walmart knows what to do yeah. with that. <laughs> she, she looks at my ID, and she's like, 1406. 14 what kind of month is that and I was like you know in Germany we have 14 months you know she's like no, that's so cool oh
0: god that makes it even better because it was a lady at Walmart that
2: <laughs> fell for that shit and my wife was like are you not going to correct her and I was like nah I mean I'm going to leave this now and she's probably to this day telling this is a party trick and I was like that guy from Germany they have 14 months over there can you believe that yeah. <laughs> exactly like that oh
0: uh, that's great um hilarious so you get out of college you're you, you're dating you're, you're dating Kristen in college right
2: <laughs> yes
0: yeah and then you started working with chris right after college or how soon after that did you guys meet
2: uh not quite okay. so i again i wasn't allowed to work because i didn't have a work permit really, uh, that's so right that's right had to go through that and what's supposed to happen within a couple of months took way longer so i really didn't know when I could expect to work and I couldn't really apply anywhere. And all of a sudden I got my permit and I actually started in auto sales and uh, worked in auto sales for six months, seven months, which actually taught me a whole lot in sales. Like I do not miss that time at all. Auto sales sucked, but I did learn a, a lot of valuable lessons about how to sell yourself, sell a product. Um, and at some point I was like, okay, that's still enough. Let's go for somewhere else. And then I hired um, up on the company in, um, in a sales manager role where, where Chris worked And that's where we met I got you That was local to To the town in Ohio Where we lived too.
0: And then he brought you Down to Raleigh
2: Yeah dude We lived in Ohio For five years And had a lovely Little house And, and did some good Work there But I was like Man I'm I didn't leave Germany To live in this place <laughs> I was like Ohio's <laughs> nice But man I didn't leave Germany For this
0: Yeah I can I can see what you mean yeah. But I, so Not even to like Put a damper on all the cool shit you just went through, but not only is this dude like naturally athletic, is a monster, looks like freaking like Gronkowski level of like athlete, but he's also like the most talented wordworking huh. craftsman I've ever freaking seen. So oh. you said you did oh, yeah. some good work in that that house that y'all lived in. No, you like almost rebuilt the entire thing by hand, and yeah, it was that's phenomenal.
2: That's true. It was a 1920s home. And again, I didn't have a work permit. So I thought, how can it be of use while I cannot actually work? So I put sweat equity and we bought a house, a crappy little thing. But yes, it had like old from the 60s knob and two wiring. The whole electric had to be redone. And yeah, that's where my, my love and passion for woodworking started. Because we didn't have enough money to buy fancy stuff and a lot of things we had to make. And the stuff we could afford wasn't wasn't durable enough. And we had kids that will tear like a... Ashley furniture table and half, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, guys okay. So it was kind of like the the necessity, and then I started loving it. And um, I actually had a, a little stint where I purchased um, Overstock pallets from Home Depot. Um, bought the whole pallet of of customer returns and um, you know things like this, and I resold most of it and kept the ones I want and acquired like a wood shop through that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah! And you've got a badass wood shop now. Yeah, that my <laughs> wife occupies these days. Yeah. Well, you did. I mean, you did your own
0: like woodworking kind of not company, I'll say, but like you did that, like where you were building tables for people and delivering them. And yeah, now your wife does most of the that. Well, she's not woodworking. Well, she does some fabrication, but she's like refinishing like massive dressers and stuff like that. Right.
2: Yeah. So I started with building stuff from scratch um, and then she, um, you know, takes existing pieces and gives them a second life. And she does a phenomenal job on on the paint finishes. She did a bunch of work in our house and it looks fantastic.
0: Hell yeah, it does. She, we, the ones in our bedroom, she did. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know
2: that. There you go.
0: That's awesome.
2: I'm actually sitting
1: next to a Costin table at the moment and my, it's my wife's favorite piece of furniture in our entire house. Is that the kitchen I table? A, a pool table for it.
2: Yeah, we, we did an uneven trade. I think I got the uh, better side of the deal.
0: Yeah, you got a pool table out <laughs> of it. And then Chris got a kitchen table out of it. There you go.
2: I mean, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and now I can fit
1: a pool table down here where that table goes. So now I'm kind of pissed. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> you got to trade them back for it. You might have to fight them back for that pool table because they use the heck out of that thing. I think it's time well, I know, to I just again. need to get a new one. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, they. He's taught his boys how to play pool. Like they're up there, like pool shark in it, man. They they'll hustle you. Oh,
2: absolutely. We'll we'll play easy, and then when you put ten bucks on the table, we'll take you out.
1: That's hilarious. I will take you on darts though, any day of the week. Yeah, he would.
2: I have practice too. <laughs> so yeah, Chris and I have known each other since what is that? What do you say, 2012. twenty twelve? Twelve. Yeah, went to. Went on trade shows together. So Chris was in marketing and I was in sales and we represented uh, a toy division, also a sporting goods division and traveled to trade shows all across the country and had some amazing experiences with, you know, sponsors and league owners and them running their businesses. And we being the, the ball of the, you know, of choice the you know, for soccer leagues and everything.
0: Yeah. I remember you guys telling me those stories. That was cool.
2: Yeah,
1: man. Then, we had some fun. We had some fun. We met some really cool people in the in that time as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then we all joined together in Raleigh. And uh, well, Chris brought me down here for to the company that we all worked for. And he goes like, man, that's this guy, Dylan. You would love him. You need to meet him. <laughs> and I was like, OK, fine.
0: And the bromance was kindled right there. The three-way bromance.
2: <laughs> no kidding. We met at Well, I introduced you to, and I was
1: like, all right, there goes my friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to go and move away, too. That didn't help.
2: Well, it was, well then, that was
0: years later, but yeah. Um,
2: I was happy to find another person that's tall as me.
0: Yeah, that's true. I will never forget. This is another funny story about Costin. We so we were at this company, semi like corporate, professional office, right? Like little stuffy, kind of old school. People dressed up, right? Like wearing khakis or dress pants and this button downs. Going? So one Halloween, they tell the <laughs> office. And Chris knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> we then again, this was shocking too because it's like kind of old school corporate world. Like you know, you got some old guys in there that are still wearing blazers and shit. And they said, hey. This Halloween we want y'all to come to work in your costumes. We were like, "Oh, cool." Like we had a segment of that office that was our age and a segment that was very much not. And we show up in like normal kind of work appropriate Halloween costumes this year and Costin <laughs> <laughs> shows up In his bobsledding, I want to call it a unitard, but you tell me what it's actually called.
2: It's a a full body condom. It is literally
0: a full body condom. It leaves nothing to the imagination. So let's just say this dude shows up to work (laughs) just every inch of his body (laughs) outlined in this suit to work. We've got older ladies that work there. We've got younger girls that work there. And this guy had more people coming by and checking his <laughs> costume out than I think I've ever seen. There was probably a few HR complaints that day. <laughs> Did,
1: uh, and don't you have holes all up in it, too? There was, like, holes in your butt and in your legs.
2: No, those are my shorts. No, no. <laughs> no they were, there were no holes at that point, but it was indeed a bit tight. It was very tight. <laughs> was from, from my active time, I was a little skinnier, so I filled it out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I've never. Yeah, there was snacks. a lot
0: of comments
1: about that. Oh, that yeah. Was so funny. Yeah. That's Costin's number one Halloween party trick.
2: Yeah, Dude, there's, there's a few cultural differences between the countries and I've learned them very quickly. Yeah, He did not see a problem with it. <laughs> no, I thought it was normal. What? <laughs> you guys don't show up in
0: unitards to work?
2: <laughs> dude, I go grocery shopping like that.
0: <laughs> so that was a good one. Um, all right. So now we've all kind of moved on to different companies. We've all got boys. We're raising kids. Yeah. So you do some really cool stuff with your boys. You've got two boys. How old are they?
2: So they're 11 and nine.
0: Okay. So they're a little bit older than our guys, but you've got them into track and field. You've got them into lacrosse. You've had them doing soccer. I've seen them doing some like kind of almost sports performance type stuff. Like, what do you got? Like, Relate it back to like fatherhood, fitness, dad, Bob, brigade, like why we believe it's important to teach kids this stuff at a young age. And yeah. cause I know you're doing it and I know that's kind of in the back of your mind while you're doing it. So walk us through that.
2: I think that's one of the biggest challenges as a dad is to train or teach your kids, right? They, they, I, I remember for me as a kid too, like I did not want my dad to teach me stuff. I, I believed, I listened to a coach, but I didn't listen to my dad, and I feel the same thing now with my boys. And it's like a very fine line as to how do you keep them motivated and engaged versus when are you starting to overcoach and overcorrect? And it is really hard. Like if I as a coach, coach coach other people, other other kids, they listen, they do whatever I want. To my own kids, that shit is much much harder. Yep. And so my goal for them is to find the love in movement, in sports, and being at active regardless of what the sport is, like if they play soccer or lacrosse or track, obviously I want them to like track, but I want them to, to like being active and I want them to see when when they put in work and practice that they will reap the benefits and results because I think one of the biggest um, benefits that we have as athletes is like, we're so dedicated to the sport and if you translate that into into a job, and that's, I think, why I'm good in sales is because I, I want to succeed. I want to win. I chase down, um, you know, in order to 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 win. And I, I love that. And that that comes from the dedication that you train, you know, from being an athlete.
0: Well, dude, even, and I think we've talked about this, or I, I think it was on our IG a couple of weeks ago. It's like immediately, let's say you walk into a job interview and you are an in-shape fit guy. You, right. You've obviously worked out your whole life. You've lifted your whole life. You, you look good immediately that person knows enough about you and your personality just from looking at how you physically look to know that you're determined you set goals you're 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 competitive you are, are determined you've got all of those type of personality traits like you said in sales that relate yeah. almost a hundred percent
2: yeah hundred percent so you know i think you can have all the education i'm not saying education is not good but if you have been in a you know, any sports program for a multitude of years, you know, you, you don't go party when the most people go party, you don't eat what other people eat. You, you know, you do sacrifice things in order for the greater goal. And if you show that to an employer, you know, that's what they want, right? They want to know that you have the dedication it takes to make the company successful.
0: Yeah. And I think it's even cooler that, so your wife is a certified personal trainer, was in sports medicine for years as well. So, your boys get it from both ends of the spectrum as far as like just both of your professional and personal experiences. And so you guys not only do it with like the sports and the performance and the everything else that you're talking about with coaching with the boys, but from the the healthy eating and the clean lifestyle and everything else too, which I think is phenomenal.
2: Yeah. I got to give big kudos to my wife because she steers that's part of the family, the the (laughs) nutritional aspects. And I have to admit, it's very easy in the U.S. compared to Germany not to eat well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And there's a lot of temptations in lots of different shapes and forms. And there's even like bad food packaged in good looking packaging. Like, oh, this looks healthy. And it's not. Yeah. And so my wife does a lot of the work and educates herself to make sure that we live a good lifestyle and we eat healthy. But with still the amount of, you know, candy and treats and you know, it's a good it's a good mix, right? You, you can as long as you have it balanced out. Right.
0: We actually it's funny. We use your boys as a, a somewhat of a <laughs> a bribing or, or training technique with Lincoln a lot because he'll he'll, you know, be bitching and complaining about eating something. I'm like, look, dude, you think you think Brooke, Brooks and Levi are over there? No, dude, they're over there eating peppers and, and whatnot for snacks. OK, <laughs> like. These kids are eating far healthier and better than you and they're woofing their food down and you were taking forever. And so we we always tell them, like, you think Brooks and Levi do this?
1: (laughs) Dude, we are lucky. We
0: always
1: we always joke about you guys being like the superhuman family. We're like, oh, we're going out for a five mile family fun run. Oh, cool. That's great.
2: I feel like the people on get a different the wrong picture of myself no
0: not at all well, it's different too because <laughs> no. your boys are That's old amazing. enough yeah it is amazing and your boys are old enough to be able to do like like I don't think I could make my son run a mile or two right now but your boys are old enough to be able to physically do that I think Lincoln's getting close to that age and it's mostly just teaching them how to move their bodies correctly yeah biomechanics is such a huge thing with these kids. And I see it in hockey a lot of times, too, because I can tell the difference between the kid who either naturally or has already been trained to move his body the right way. And then I look at, you know, my son and I'm like, okay, now I know what we need to adjust with your stride or with your, you know, your your speed or whatever it is. And I think that's a lot of what you guys have been your track and field background and Kristen's sports performance and everything else. I mean, it's just it's a perfect recipe.
2: Yeah, and I think one thing is important is, like, you can't start them early enough. You know, in a little analogy here, we've been traveling back to Germany ever since the kids were born. So they have now been to Germany 11 and 9 times, respectively. And it's a long trip. It's like, you know, 13-hour flight with an 8-hour leg. And the boys travel fantastically. And everybody asks us always, you know, how do you do that? That's just a long time on the flight. How good are your kids? they got to be, you know, terrible. And quite the opposite. They travel fantastic because we have done it ever since they were born. They're used to that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so the same thing goes for for sports. Like so you mentioned, like our kids run a mile with us, but we taught them that this is normal. Yeah, right. We taught them that being active yeah. and sweating and being uncomfortable is normal, and they've grown to you know. I hope they like it. Obviously, they. I don't know, but they like the social aspect of it and and, and the team sports, of course. But for them, it's normal to be active, and that's exactly what we want.
0: I think that's awesome. And there's a little bit of like give and take in kids, at least with being uncomfortable and making it fun, because like you said, you can't, you don't want to push them too hard. And then they learn to hate it or resent you later in life. And yeah. then they've got daddy issues and nobody wants that. That's
2: the, that's exactly <laughs> the fine line. And dude, it is hard because yeah. I want the best for my kids and I see, you know, what they do wrong and I want to correct it. And I want to fix it, but they don't want that from me. Yeah. They, they want different things from me as the dad.
0: Yeah. Chris, I saw you guys did a cool adventure with the, uh, the new Wrangler you guys got. You were doing some off-roading and Cam was out there just exploring. How did he like that? Oh
1: yeah. Oh man. So, so I buy and sell cars quite, quite frequently. I I know you guys have seen probably 20 different cars that I've owned since you've known me. And at least I've gotten into Wranglers lately.
2: <laughs> Dude, you changed cars and, uh, as often as we do underwear, man. <laughs> what's that? You oh yeah. Cars and houses, cars and houses.
1: <laughs> cars yeah. And houses. Um, yeah, we, I, uh, I just got a deal on a, a really good Wrangler and, um, you know, we live in Kentucky and can easily get out into the sticks pretty quick. And, um, we were coming home from the, the lake the other day and off this country road that we were driving home on, we noticed, you know, 20 cars parked along this Creek. So we, you know, naturally we went exploring and found the most amazing creek that you can just drive down into and, you know, off road in. And we, uh, I grabbed one of my neighbors up the street who has two girls and I was like, hey, man, let's go, you know, take the kids up there one day after work. And, you know, they were out catching crawdads and skipping rocks and having just an absolute ball out there on the creek. And, you know, that's something that, you know, between, the boats and the cars. I just love being outside and spending time with him and doing things that we both enjoy. And, uh, you know, this Jeep is one of the first toys that my wife has like actively accepted because we can all go out and do something together. And, um, it's been a blast, man. That's awesome. Couldn't
2: trade it for the world. In, In times of video games and other distractions, I think it's important to teach them the love for the outside.
0: Hell Yeah. I mean, that's how we grew up. I cannot tell you a single I mean, of course, when, you know, video games came out, like we had video games, but like we came home from school and this is like most of my childhood. We'd come home from school. We'd we'd have a snack and we'd immediately go outside and play until it was dinner time. We wouldn't come back in until it was dark during the summer. Like it was and then we'd go back out after dark. We used to play with like with our we had a huge neighborhood full of kids our age and we'd go out and play like night games. Right all night oh, during yeah. the summer the it was can, hell yeah dude. Tag. we'd set up tents yeah, we'd camp in the backyard like we did it all we'd play army in the woods right. light shit on fire in the woods like kill snakes like whatever yeah. and these kids oh, yeah. we talked about this too chris last time you and i were on like i've got to text the parents in this neighborhood when we want to get the boys together to play because they can't yeah. like they can't just get together go outside and play i know and it's what, like was, yeah
1: and Jesus, we, we talked about it We talked about that last week or last time we were on, you know, the neighborhood we live in. It's a rural neighborhood, but it's there's a lot of homes and there's probably, you know, 20 to 30 kids and 10 boys under the age of eight. So, you know, Cam, my son, is just having a ball. And we were out at the neighbor's house the other day. He just cut, you know, a half mile of dirt bike trails in his backyard with a big camping section in the middle. Sweet. And, you know, we're working on, you know, planning a neighborhood camp out. And most of the boys in the neighborhood, you know, they, yeah, they'll play video games every now and then, but 80%, 90% of the time they're, they're out riding their bikes or, you know, playing in a sandbox or doing God knows what out in the woods. So that's that's something that we really, you know, wanted to bring to Cam's life because, you know, before we moved out here, we were in the city and it was horrible. You know, we look two streets over and you're on, i-75 next to a walmart we're like oh, this sucks
0: yeah we we have a neighbor so it at the was back. important for us to get out that's exactly right and that's part of why we moved out here where we did but i remember when cost so Costin, like he said earlier he lives like half a mile from us and when he moved out here we were like holy shit dude like you live out in the freaking sticks like what the hell and then we like passed a couple years later we lived a half a mile from you now but further there's, yeah there's a guy there's a couple of neighbors at the back of our neighborhood that we as the bird flies connect like directly to, and we've been kind of half joking, but half serious. And I, I think we just need to go ahead and do it, but we could cut a trail through the woods and the boys could just use that to kind of traverse back and forth to each other's houses. Cause we're at the front of the neighborhood where there's no kids and yeah. all the boys are at the back of the neighborhood. So it's quite a, a hike back there. If I were to send my seven year old to go like wandering around the neighborhood on his bike or something. But I think if we cut a trail back there for him, it'd be awesome. And they're out there playing football or soccer or basketball, yeah. getting into fights and crap all the time. And that's just, that's what we did as boys. That's what they should do. Yeah.
2: Coming, totally. coming, coming to the US, I always wanted land. Land was like what we don't have in Germany, but I also, we lived in a neighborhood and we realized, man, cause our boys, they do take their bikes and just ride around and see if people are home and play. And we knew if we were out in the sticks, sticks like far out, then we would have to drive them everywhere. So, it's kind of like I really enjoyed out here. It has a little bit of feel like we have some land, but the kids can go around. Yeah. And that was important for us,
0: too. We wanted at least a subdivision, like a neighborhood where there yeah. are people, there are other kids. But we're still out here. We still have a couple acres. Our neighbors, You have to
1: have a community. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, that's, and that's right, because that's where he learns to raise. I mean, some of the friends I grew up with in the neighborhood are still friends of mine today. Like, yeah, that's kind of how he'll yeah. remember his childhood. And so we really thought that was important.
2: And. Yeah. Yeah, but but interesting thing here, we you know, um, we thought like this is far in the boonies, we have a great community, no one's gonna come out here, no ill. And we don't have really bad things happening, but last week we had burglaries going around through our neighborhood. In your neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, people were breaking into cars and you know, dumb us for not locking our vehicles. Uh, I was gonna ask. Not being prepared, right? So this is the thing, you get this false sense of confidence. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, people it's so silly, right? They just go through open cars and take money. Um, and we filmed them, but obviously what are you going to do afterwards? So um, try that in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But point being is can happen wherever you are. Right. And, you know, go can back and right? wherever you can get shot wherever you are too. Yeah. That's, that's full circle right there. My guy, yeah, dude, I'm telling I you, I like that. I know. <laughs> um, all right, Chris,
0: we are going to kick it back over to you for our, current events and breaking news segment you ready i'm ready i love it all right chris take it away
1: (laughs) well you know i was gonna do a series on you know what's the Bud Light of the week, but Bud Light has been on boycott for the last four months and it's still going strong. So I'm going to just bypass that one. But guys, what is going on with? We've got aliens. We got cocaine in the White House. <laughs> we've got all sorts of crazy stuff. Donald Trump just got arrested for what? His fourth, uh, fourth offense.
2: Oh, what is happening
1: right now? <laughs> what is happening right now?
0: I laughed so hard. Uh, there was, there was this video speaking of the aliens. And I think you guys, saw, I might've sent it to you. It was that guy going like, this is the U S government. And he was like, aliens exist. And people were like, yeah, okay. But what about, what about the, the, the cocaine? What about the, <laughs> what about Epstein's list? And he was like, aliens are real. And he was like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> oh man,
1: Yeah. Man, the the news cycle is just crazy right now with all sorts of mess. And, uh, you know, it's good to see, you know, good people and good brands standing behind what they believe in and, you know, breaking some of the anti woke culture, because it is just, you know, tearing down what we as dad bod brigade are trying to build and, you know, build strong, (laughs) build strong families, build strong kids And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get beyond some of this craziness in the world right now.
2: Amen.
0: I was just about to cue that song and I accidentally clicked on it, but I was gonna, I was gonna softly, I was gonna softly play it in the background for Chris while he went on that, on that rant. It was going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know with copyright, we probably can't play this. I probably need to stop it. Uh We're going to cut that. We're going to cut that before we get banned.
1: That's one thing that, um, you know, raising cam, we have enjoyed, you know, living in smaller towns and vacationing in Tennessee at our Lake where, you know, people, people are more like us. We're not, you know, we're not traveling to bigger cities. We're not vacationing, um, in places that, you know, are in the new cycle uh, on a regular basis. We like, uh, we like getting out in the sticks a little bit.
0: Love it. Except you still got to lock your doors. Cause apparently that shit's everywhere. <laughs> or your car doors. Yeah. I'll say that is your fault.
2: <laughs> that, that is my fault for sure.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, boys, I think that about wraps it up nice. for our first episode back to it. Um, we've got some really cool guests coming up. I've got friends that are, I think we're going to get on maybe this weekend. So the format might change a little bit. It might be all three of us. Maybe it'd be one of us. Maybe it's two of us. I think we should continue to do these like founding father episodes though, because I think these are kind of what keeps this kind of idea going, right? We'll bring the guests on kind of relate it back. And then bring the Found founding fathers out there again, let's do it. Yeah. You guys got anything?
2: I'm in. Oh, man, we got to get boating again too because that's where the bet Dad Bod Brigade came from. That
0: is. I sold my boat, so I got to join. I got to hop on yours. That's the that's the type of boat to own, the, the friend who has a boat now. There you go, right? Not your own I'm boat.
1: heading to the lake in the morning. We got a long weekend there.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, nice. Well, gentlemen, it's been real. Thank you guys for joining us. Episode three, we are back. Uh, make sure you follow us, Spotify, in iTunes, all the others. Check out our Instagram, at Dad Bod Brigade. And our website, www.DadBotBrigade.com.
2: Let's go.
0: Thank you, guys. We'll check you later. See ya. See y'all.